ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are here for day 17 of Read a Book, Record a Podcast. And we are also here for part two of there's still love there's still beauty in this street love excuse me her fallen angel which is a continuation of the beauty of this street love and let's get into it so angel went to get revenge in puerto rico for a woman named Issa. she had been apparently kidnapped and beaten and drugged and he was there to get her back and I know in the last book it said that she hadn't talked to him in 82 days but she did receive a gift from him on her birthday and it was a tiara just a plain simple uh, tiara and it said he left a note and said for my queen happy birthday and that was it and you know this gets her Tamar in her feelings so she throws the gift away and she's in bed for the rest of the day like she can't even enjoy her birthday because the man she loves is not there and she doesn't know what to do like she doesn't hear from him she doesn't know if he's okay if he's alive and once again she's back to where she started because she was finally well not not gonna say finally but she was starting to get out of her funk of him leaving her And then it's like, wow, here you go reminding me that you just up and left me. Angel and the woman Issa are in the house together. And, you know, he's looking after her, nursing her back to health or has a nurse trying to nurse her back to health. And she's being kind of difficult. And she wants to get out of the bed. She wants to get out of the house. You know, she just feels like I've been unconscious and I've been cooped up for so long I need fresh air and so he tells her okay hold on tight while I get dressed and when he turns around she says something in Spanish but it translates to the tattoo and on his back he now has a tattoo of Tamar's eyebrows eyes and underneath it it says La Reina And, you know, this surprises the woman, Issa, because she says, you have a woman here and you did not tell me. For shame, Angel. And it's just like, okay, who the hell is Issa? You know, like, who is she supposed to be? Is she somebody from his past? Is she part of a job? We don't know anything. And it's just like the way the book is moving. It's just like, did you have a secret woman on our girl Tamar this whole time? And you didn't tell her? So Dr. Rose has once again broken up or isn't responding to Tyrese 
because of what happened the night of the wedding. Even though Ty claimed that Storm's announcement meant nothing to him, he still wanted to be with her. She just thinks he wants her now. But when he does get baby fever, he might push her to the side. So the longer they prolong this, her heart will be broken even more in the long run. So it's better to just end it now. So she's at her parents' house and her brother comes in and they have a little heart to heart because he sees that she's looking sad. So he's like, you know, what's wrong? And she's giving very vague answers. So he assumes that Ty broke up with her because she can't have babies and she has to admit that she's scared and Eric is confused by this because he's like you're a doctor you can have the surgery like you're just choosing not to and you're good people so why are you acting like he only wants you to have babies like this isn't even a conversation that needs to be brought up yet because when you asked him if he wanted babies he said yeah longer down the line so anything could happen between now and then you just ready to jump ship but it's her uh her job's holiday party and the Kinseys show up but she wasn't expecting to see them thinking that they just came to crash the party but actually uh, Dr. Bowswell, who is the doctor that came to talk to her about becoming the chief of surgery one day, him and another administrator greet the Kinsey family with huge smiles. So it's just like, once again, your face is cracked and on the ground because they know people in high places and they're received really well. You're just so set on seeing him as this common thug that you're throwing a good relationship and a good man away and their parents the Kinsey parents are major contributors to the new expansion of the children's hospital and they were invited but they had a con a conflict of schedules so they sent their kids there to you know be in their place and while but Chai is about to approach her but before he does he's stopped by another doctor who is trying to convince him to do his residency at their hospital and Briere is just so amazed by this and he asks her why do you continue to be amazed by this I told you who I am and what I plan to do but you insist on only seeing me one way and sidebar if this was me I'd been turned off a long time ago but I don't know. I guess that's just the Kinsey clan. They just hell bent on making shit work. I guess you're not supposed to jump ship as soon as problems start. But it's like, I'm basically he begging at this point. Like, see me as something else. And she just refuses to, even though she tries to justify it in her mind. She only sees him one way. So then Brandon or Brennan, who is her employee that was all I mean employee a co-worker who was also her friend that they've had a few run-ins with he's drunk at this party and he approaches her and he has his hands on her body and she's trying to push him off and saying like Ty just chill out he drunk he don't mean nothing by it don't worry about it but then this fool says they throw a little money around and you forget what kind of people they are or is it that you enjoy 
having a thug rutting in between your thighs. If I didn't know you were that desperate and Ty loses it. Ty completely beats his ass at this party until the point where his brothers have to pull him off. And, you know, they just ask him, are you ready? You ready to go? Then he looks at her and says, are you coming? But she shakes her head saying she has to stay and talk to security. She needs to talk to the administrators thinking that she's the one that has to soothe this over so he doesn't get in trouble. But it's like, girl, it's the Kinsleys. They run Texas. What do they need you for? You don't have to save them at all. And so because she decided to stay, he has like a cold, bitter smile on his face and just turns to his siblings and says, I'm ready. But before he completely leaves, he turns to her and says, when I leave this time, ain't no coming back. So she has to watch him walk away from her. But you don't even have to. You could have easily went either flat out went with him, which I feel like she should have did. And it's just like, because you love him. You enjoy being with him. But you just have this stick in your ass that you need to pull out and get over it. What was my other point? I don't have one. Basically, that's my my real thoughts. She just should have went with him. And so, Shamar went into cardiac arrest and she flatlined. And she had all that blood pouring out of her. And the baby was still struggling to breathe. But they made it through. To God be the glory. So, you know, at first... Trey was tripping. He had pulled out his Beretta. He snatched the doctor up by her hair. And, you know, she was trying to get, she was working on Shamar. So he pulling, him pulling her away kind of delayed a little bit. But, you know, he had to threaten them to get them to do their job. He said, I will kill you, your whole family, and everyone you ever knew if you don't make this right. And so his family basically has to calm him down and get him to get out of the room so they can work on her. But... The baby girl made it. She's in the, um, what is it called? The NICU. And Shay was still in surgery at that time. Apparently her fall had damaged her uterus when her water broke and she slipped on, what is that? Whatever comes out in the, um, the milk, she has slipped on all of that. And it damaged her uterus and the pressure of the babies and the con... contracts contractions (laughs) had caused it to rupture and trey swore that it was more blood than he had ever seen in his life and it's like this is coming from trey so you know it's serious but she uh you know she pulled through the doctors came out saying the bleeding is stopped the rupture is repaired excuse me and her vitals are stable This is a very serious incident, but she's young and healthy and things look really good. So Trey says, I want to see her, but the doctor shakes her head and everyone is surprised when Catherine speaks up and says, choose your battles wisely, doctor. I think Trey has been incredibly calm and patient. Seeing her for a few minutes won't hurt, surely. And, you know, like I said, everybody is shocked by this because ain't nobody still rocking with her like that. But they just tolerate her because now she's having a better relationship with Shamar. So Tamar and Mama Kenzie go to Starbucks, you know, just to get something to drink after leaving the hospital. I think and they grab a bite to eat. And 
unfortunately, as they're leaving, they smell some, well, she smells some Puerto Rican food and she spots a food truck and she's telling her mom, oh, let's try. But then her eyes are drawn to something or someone. And then when her mom sees what it is, you know, she's ready to go to war. Like we can go over there and say something or, but Taya's like, no, let's go. And she sees Angel with his arms wrapped around a woman. So she stands there for a minute, not being able to believe it. But when Angel locks eyes with her, you know, he starts to walk towards her. But she jumps in the car and says, let's go. And she asks her mom, she's like, mom, I need you to help me plan a getaway quickly. I cannot be here anymore. I just need to get away please and you know dad and the boys they're not gonna help me and at first her mom isn't with it she's like you know no I'm not doing that but when Tamar kind of breaks down she says okay I'm gonna help you get away and I'll wait a week to tell your daddy and your brothers but you cannot stay long so it's like basically you know go cry have your little woosah moment but you're gonna have to come back and get back to business and that's just is what it is and she also tells her, then you come back and we fuck him up. Your last name is Kenzie. Get all that crying out now. Do you hear me? And she nods because, you know, they got a image to protect. And so Angel and Issa are back at, I believe it's the family estate that he had Tamar at. And she's been making amazing progress in the last uh, 83 days since he got the message that she had been assaulted and badly beat in Puerto Rico. And she was kidnapped by a couple who resented the fact that she looked like she had money and they believed access to fresh water and supplies, supplies they hoped to sell. So they left Isla comatose on the verge of death. And you know, that island is devastated by a hurricane. So they were basically just trying to survive, but they did it with the wrong person. Tyrese has blocked Dr. Rose from his phone, his social media, and apparently his life. And, you know, if they were to see each other, she believes he'll probably just ignore her. And she goes to see Shay at the hospital. Shamar. I don't know why I keep calling her Shay. Um, and Tyrese shows up. And he approaches her and says, you know how you asked me when we first met? to there just be no strings attached and be in secret and she nods and he says we can do that no strings whatsoever and that kind of hurts her feelings but she agrees to it thinking she can get him to come back around to her Tamar extended her one week vacation to actually three weeks until her twin and Chantel showed up and told her, you know, we're going to stay a few days. And then after that, we are all returning home. And, you know, at first, Tamir was ready to tear some shit up because they had that twin instinct. So he knew, like, as soon as she left, that something was wrong. Even back when Angel first took her, he knew something was wrong. And when he had Chantel call and he couldn't get a hold of her. So it's like he knew when she wasn't there anymore. But Angel also knew. And he got a text message as soon as she got back to Houston. So it's just like, 
she must have forgot that he also has detail watching her or I don't know if he ever told her that part. So it's like, sis, you're never fully away from him, even if you want to be. And even if he's an asshole and it's fucking forever, he's still close. And so he sends her a message saying, I'll see you tomorrow. So while she's out for lunch with Chantel and Sin, he comes over walking, you know, walking towards her. And she gets up and they go outside and you know he starts off with you look beautiful and she hits him right in the mouth she's like you know i don't want to hear nothing you have to say why are you even here and he said i just like trey like you know i told you i would see you tomorrow what you thought i was playing so she hits him again in the jaw and he says you ugh. he tells her you're not about to sit here and keep hitting me in my face and she says, then get the fuck out of mine. Like, I keep telling you to leave me alone and go find that bitch that you was with. And he gets really upset and says, don't call her a bitch. So this time she hits him again and the skin above his cheekbone splits open. And he tells her, you do that again, you're going to regret it. And she's like, you know, I don't care. Like, I haven't seen you. You've been silent for months and you got this girl around like, I'm thinking something wrong with you and you just walking through the city with your arm around a girl. Like, please get out of my face. And before they leave again, she tells him, stay away from me. So a few weeks into their no strings arrangement, Dr. Rose realizes it's not turning out in her favor how she thought she could get him to talk and basically basically i guess ease her way into an apology because he literally only comes over for sex he won't talk they don't eat together none of that and he shows up tonight and when she opens the door he says you know why do you have clothes on you messing up my progress and during sex she cries but he ignores her and just you know keeps going and when it's over she tells him thank you and this upsets him even more he was like what is this a transaction and she just tells him to leave and then she's texting her friend that she went to dinner with i think in the first book or something like that and she asks about his cousin saying you know is he still interested in me and dominique that's her name she says girl uh-uh you're not about to have my cousin caught up in that drama and have the kenzie's trying to kill my family he half crazy himself and she says, no, I'm serious. I'm so done. I just need to go out and have a good time. So Dominique sends her cousin, Dr. Rose's number and says, don't make us lose a friendship over you trying to make him jealous. And I end up without a cousin. So don't play. And Don Carlos calls a meeting with Angel to have him be there for the next time he meets with the Kinseys and Angel realizes what he's doing. The richest, deadliest, most, most ruthless connect in the Southwest was bored and missed his wife. So he wanted to play matchmaker because in the beginning, I forgot to mention that Don Carlos told Angel that he and Tamar reminded him a lot of him and his wife. And his wife was taken and killed 
by people trying to prove a point to him and take something from him and they took her. So he's seeing the same thing with them and he's trying so hard to get them together. So when it's time for the meeting and she sees that Angel is there, Tamar asks the Don, maybe someone else from your team can pat me down so we can get this over with. And Angel says, tell me, Raina, what is the likelihood that I'm going to stand back and watch another man touch you? With all due respect, Miss Kinsey, in the interest of business, I must trust the head of my security. He never disappointed me. He has never disappointed me. Lucky for you. So as they're leaving and two of the Kinsey security goes first, then Ty Angel quickly yanks her back and slams the door behind him and locks it. And he kisses her and, of course, she kisses him back. Because, like, no matter how hard she tries to act hard, you know, she's in her feelings. Which I, I also kind of didn't like. Not kind of. I didn't like it. Because they just made it seem like because she's a woman, she's just so far in her emotions. It was exactly what I said. And I wish it could have been different. Like, she quote-unquote tries to act hard but it's like women can be hard too we can be emotionless too and she just spent so much time crying and moping and it wasn't until like her brothers or even her mom like snaps her out of it that she then boss up and it's just like he has control over her and I, I I didn't like it I don't like this aspect of this story but after they kiss, then she slaps him. But she had, she was supposed to have Tamir with her during the meeting, but she actually got Tyrese because since they're both quote unquote single, they were going to hang out together that night. And on the way to the club they were supposed to be going to, she asked Tyrese, you know, like what's going on? And, you know, he tells her what he did and she actually pulls over the car and hits that nigga. Like, you really disrespected her like that? And then when he finds out that she's going out, he's upset about it. And Tamar says, you acting like she a random, but she ain't supposed to do her own thing. You don't trip on these other bitches. And he says, I don't love those other bitches. So he finally admits that he's in love with her, even though he's been treating her like dirt. And that's why his feelings are hurt, because it seems like he loves her. And she doesn't see him as anything other but a thug, a low-down thug that's not good enough for her. But when they get to the club and he sees her with the Logan guy, and when she goes to the bathroom, he follows her and says, you know, what you doing here with him? And she tells him, you don't get to ask me questions like that, which you really don't. Because after the way you did her, I don't even see how it would be a way of us getting back together because if you treat me that way during sex and I cried and he knows that she cried, like we would have nothing to talk about. There's nothing for us to discuss. And he tells her about that no string shit. I changed my mind. You made up your mind about me the night of that party and you've been tripping since. I'm over that. Ain't no back and forth. I was trying to protect you and, you know, um, he tells her, Briar Rose, the day I need a woman to protect me, just go on and put a, bill, a bullet between my eyes. Damn it, Tyrese, protecting someone is part of loving them. So it's out in the open that they love each other. whoop de doo And while they're in the bathroom, you hear the sounds of gunshots. So 
Tyrese almost dropped her, you know, trying to get to his gun and getting to the door. And she tries to yank him back and he gives her a crazy look like, my sister's out there. You crazy as fuck if you think I ain't going. This is my life right now. I'm sorry if you can't deal. I don't need your protection. And so she stays there for a minute, but then she goes out when she doesn't hear anything else. And she sees that a woman has been shot and one of the Kinsey security guards. So the man, I mean, the woman tells her, you know, the bullet just went straight through my arm, work on the other guy. And he was shot in the head. And he's and Tyrese comes back and he's like, man, what? I thought I told you to stay still. And she turns his words around on him and says, this is my life right now. I'm sorry if you can't deal. So while you busy taking lives, my job is to save them, basically, is their dilemma. Angel goes to Tamar's house and he's upset when he realizes that she's back in her house because he still doesn't think it's safe. And, of course, she has people watching her house. And Bones, who is Trey's, like, right-hand man, tells him, you know, I can't let you go in there. And he's... <laughs> Angel is hilarious. He said, I just made my mind up not to kill you. Don't make me change it. And so he has to call Trey to tell him, you know, like, I ain't trying to kill you people. But tell him, I'm going in that house. And he said, shit, call her. She won't answer. Hell, you right there. Knock on the door. You know she ain't going to let me in. And he tells you, know, that's what happens when you par you parade other chicks in front of them. And, you know, they finally come to a compromise because he was going in regardless. He didn't care. And Trey tells him, this is your last chance. If I get one, one bad report about this shit, me and you got a date. Somebody going to jail and somebody going to hell. I said, oh, look at my little poet. And so when he gets inside... They have sex, but she tells him, you, you need to go and don't try to contact me again. I don't trust you. I don't trust you because you abandoned me. I don't trust you because you got a whole nother woman in your life. Nothing can come of this, of us. And he's not willing to walk away. But she says, that's exactly what you do. You walk away. No apologies, no explanation. And I'm just supposed to wait and believe? Get the fuck out of here and don't come back, please. And when he turns, she sees the tattoo and right back, it gives her hope because it has to mean something. But she asked me, you know, why did you get that? Your eyes are gorgeous and they always tell me the truth. I ain't going nowhere and neither are you. I'll kill every nigga in this city first or bitch if need be. Because the night of the club, the woman that got shot was a stud who works for Trip at the family's car dealership. And they were flirting that night, you know, just having fun. And what was her name? Misha. She was trying to protect uh, Tamar when somebody had the gun. And that's how she got shot. So he's like, you know, I see everything. So you can call yourself going that way if you want to. I kill everybody. And what was it? And she says, but wasn't it you who just disappeared on me the night after? Oh, my bad. She said, I have to ask you some questions and just give me yes or no answers. Wasn't it you who disappeared on me the night after we first? And she wanted to say make love, but she changed it to fuck. Yes. Didn't you come back to the city with another woman? Yes. Do you love her? And although he doesn't say the words, she can see it in his eyes that he does love her. And she reminds him 
Do you remember what Aaliyah told me? I'm tired of crying, Angel. And she heard him walk away. And it's just like, yeah, nigga, do what you do best. Just walk away. Angel lasts three days before he's back to following her. And it's the first of the month and they're going around collecting money, you know, checking on their traps. And Bones come up behind him like, you know, you just won't stay away. And someone had approached the family and said something that had the brothers looking crazy. And then whoever the guy was, he turns towards Tamar and says something. And she takes her um, her gun and starts bashing his head in. And then when he falls to the ground, she starts stomping on him till uh, Tamir has to pull her off. And then she reaches into her pocket and pulls out her phone. And after she's done reading whatever text message she received, she looks towards them where they're standing. And so she comes over and says, you know, didn't I tell you to stay away from me? And she pulls out her gun and he tells her, if you draw, you better be ready to use it. You know the rules. And she says, stop fucking calling me and stay away from me. Damn, most of the time you know where to be found. Now you damn near stalking a nigga. And then she cocks her gun and he says, what? Is that a warning? Because we both know if you really wanted to shoot me, you could have just pulled the trigger. That would have cocked the hammer for you and saved you a few seconds. The gun actually goes off. But with Tamir's quick reflexes and intuition about his twin, you know, he moved her hand and the bullet went somewhere else. And so he yanks Tamar towards him and says, you're going to make me hurt you. It's too late for that. Or she's, No, she says it's too late for and then she stops realizing what she had been about to admit. But the only word she didn't say was that. I mean, she basically put it out there. And at a later date, Trey is helping her get what she wants, which is a meeting with Angel on their terms and their turf. Turf. And East Angel gets a call from Big Mama telling him that Issa is gone. She told me to tell you she was going with Trey to the warehouse. And so when he gets there, you know, Issa is fine. She looks fine. But Tamar has a Beretta aimed at her back. And she tells him, both of you can walk out of here into your happily ever after. If you give me your word, you'll leave me alone. No. Nothing can make me stay away from you. Nothing can make you walk away. Nothing. And he tells her, you're stuck with me. So you might as well quit all the damn wilding and fighting. I think you're wrong, Angel. I have the one thing that terrifies you. And he's like, nothing terrifies me. And she brings her hand to her stomach. And in the clinky black fabric of her cat suit, the slight rounding of her stomach was evident. This is not just about you abandoning me anymore. You will never walk in and out of my baby's life as you please. My child will never see me as someone's side piece. Now leave me the fuck alone. And Issa, like, she finally speaks up and she says, I know what you think, what you all think. I realized when I talked to Trey, you know, when he came to kidnap her, Angel is my brother. We share a mother. Now you two fix whatever is going on with you guys. Tyrese knows who Logan is. So he went 
and paid him a visit at his office because the irony is while Dr. Rose is so up in arms about what he does, Logan does the same thing, but she doesn't know that side of him because his cousin Dominique doesn't know. So she only knows the quote unquote business that he runs. And later, Dr. Rose goes on like a mini date with Logan to tell him, you know, we've had fun, but, and he fills in the blank, you're still head over heels for Tyrese. And then he gets up and leaves and Dominique comes and they're having drinks together when Dr. Rose sees Tyrese is there with Storm. And she is very upset and she's walking towards them. But before we get to that, Storm is there to apologize. She tells him, I am truly sorry for the torment, turmoil I attempted to cause in your relationship with Briar. No lie, I wanted you. But my therapist has also helped me to see that I had a savior complex where you were concerned. I wanted you because if because I felt like you rescued me and protected me such during such a traumatic time in my life. I was wrong for how I came at you and her. And at that point, Dr. Rose comes over and she pours water on top of Storm's head and then throws the other glass straight into Tyrese's face. And she tells him that she's completely done. But he comes over later that night and they have a talk. And he says, I'm tired of all this shit. Trust that I want to make your life better. Trust that I'm not trying to ruin your dreams. Trust that I understand that you act in ways that you think are best for me, even when I don't agree with your methods. Trust that I want to be with you, that I'm not trying to cuff none of these broads out you. Trust that I'm willing to pursue other methods that we can have kids because I am going to wife you or I'm okay with no kids at all. Trust that I love you. And she tells him, I want you to trust me too. Trust that I want to be with you. Trust that I'm not scared to be seen with you. Trust that I'm dedicated to working everything out with you instead of running. Trust that I love you. I love you too. We riding this shit out, shawty. There's trouble in paradise for Trey and Shamar. Her six weeks are up. And her auntie had took the babies. And she's telling Tamar this. And she says, you know, I brought some lingerie, made a little dinner, played a little music. And we finally made it to the bed. And when he got me naked, he deflated. And when I just came out, I forgot. This was actually the whole group. I'm sorry. So Sin, uh, Briere's on the phone. Chantel is there. And Briere didn't even know that Tamar was pregnant. And she says, my baby ain't got no daddy. So this is finna be hard. And, you know, they start talking stuff like, you know, do you want us to get the guys to handle it and no because although she wants to bash bash angel she doesn't want anybody else to and shamar asked her i had to remember who asked her she um she says so tay what do you want and she says i want him after everything even though he might leave tomorrow i still want him and Big Mama has to get into his head and tells him, you are so focused on your past. You will walk away from your future, from this gift from God. Surely you're not that ignorant. 
So you remember nothing of how your father adored you? And he said, not his grandmama. It was his grandfather. Because usually his grandfather, you know, just lets big mama take over. And, you know, she gets to Angel. But she called the grandfather in and said, please speak to your grandson. So these are his words, not big mama's. And he says, but you dismiss it because you prefer to focus on a nobody who does not even deserve the title of a man. And he also tells him, if you can walk away from your little one, you are not truly a cruise. You are more of your stepfather, more, more of an Acosta. And you will dishonor the memory of my son, of your own father. And grandpa is right. Because it's just like you have spent your entire life consumed with your hatred of what he did to you, of what happened to you, that even now when you have the opportunity to have a future, to be with a woman, to have your baby, all you can focus in, focus on is saying, I messed up, I couldn't properly love a kid. And it's like, why? Why could you never properly do that? Because you, and he says, you know, history repeats itself, but it's just like, you do not inherit what happens to you at least that's my feeling because it's just like okay you had a terrible stepfather but stepfather um a a portion of your life you had a great father he loved you he adored you and you remember that so why you letting this nobody consume your life who you're going to kill eventually that doesn't determine that you're going to be just like him if anything you know like i said earlier you would fight to be better to be nothing like him so why are you assuming that you're going to turn up just like him and do the same thing to your kid. And Tamar talks to Trey because it's like, you know, you about to lose your family real soon. And he's like, man, I ain't losing shit. My kids ain't going nowhere and neither is my woman. But it's not that he doesn't find her attractive. He loves Mouse, which, of course, who doesn't know that? But it's just every time he looks at her, he thinks about the night she bled out like during the delivery of the babies and how she flatlined and he just doesn't want to take the chance of getting her pregnant again and you know he tells her to lose her would be to lose my life I think about that shit whenever we're about to you know and Tamar suggests that he talk to someone about this and Shamar is standing in the doorway and she says maybe you can talk to me and you know they finally hash it out and go upstairs to have the sex and Tyrese is admiring the fact that no matter what was going on around them Briere she didn't stop working you know and doing a good job and her complex at the hospital has named her doctor of the year and she's the youngest ever to receive that award and he's going to be her escort at the award dinner Well, that was until he overheard her on FaceTime with Dominique the day before the banquet. And Dominique asks her, you're really not going to tell Ty about it? And she says, no, he doesn't need to worry about that. What he doesn't know, you know, won't hurt him. And she says, you don't think he's going to have a chance to talk to anyone? And she says, I'm not giving him time to interact with too many people. I'm thinking about giving him an excuse so we can arrive separately. That way he'll get there a little later. And this upsets him because he's thinking once again, she is ashamed of him and doesn't want to be seen with him. And so he says, I thought there were no more hiding things between us when I said he's thinking this. 
all that talk about not being ashamed and trusting me not to ruin her career. I had something for her, though. So the next night, he's sitting in front of the TV playing the game, not dressed. And she comes down the stairs, you know, about to ask him how does she look. And he's not ready. So, Tyrese, why are you not ready? What's the rush, fairy tale? I don't want to get there early and have to chop it up with your boring-ass colleagues. Our families are going to be there, too. You tripping. I told my people, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal, right? If you feel that way, you don't have to come either. Isn't that what you want? I don't know why you're acting like this or what the hell you're talking about. I can't believe you would ruin this for me, Tyrese. I'm trying to ruin your night? When I done ordered a car and a driver, made plans after, copped you all sorts of shit? Hell, you got me wearing a damn lavender and gold tuxedo jacket. Okay, seriously, uh, secretly I think that's fly, but I want to ruin it? No, you ruin it. You ruining us. I heard you on the phone with your girl. You still don't want me to interact with your corny ass co-workers? What you think I'm going to do? You said you trust me. Nigga, fuck you. Eavesdropping and making assumptions. You said that you trust me. You heard it, but you don't know what the fuck it's about. You know what? I don't even want you there anymore. Move. Get away from me. Tell me what's about then. Tell me what it it was about. Excuse me. It's not a big deal, right? This was about trust, Ty. Someone has to introduce me before my speech. I wanted it to be you. I didn't tell you because I wanted I wanted you to see that I trusted you to address my colleagues off the top of your head. That I'm proud of them to see you as my partner. A shallow part of me wanted to see what you would say about me unprompted. If you got there too early, someone would mention it or you see the little program. Now get off of me. And all of a sudden this nigga is apologetic and it's like, nah, you good. And then there's a knock on the door. So that's the car ride. And you know, this nigga's still in PJs with a do-rag. He ain't ready. And she's like, I'm gonna catch this ride. Don't bother following me. But he has to text Daniel for Dominique's number. And when she answers, he says, I fucked up. You got to stall. And she just says, huh, y'all make me sick. And she thinks, Dr. Rose thinks that uh, Dominique is going to be introducing her instead of Tyrese. Even though his family did show up anyway with his lying ass. Um... She introduces Tyrese. So he made it there in time. You know, he looking good. And this is his little speech. Good evening. I'm honored to be here to introduce my love, Dr. Briar Elise Rose. I first met her when my brother had the misfortune of being injured, but the great fortune of getting doc- Dr. Rose as a surgeon. She was excellent, but y'all know that because that's why you gave her this and he holds up her award. She's a skilled surgeon, but we all know the importance of bedside manner and being a good doctor. Now, when I talk about her bedside manner, I promise to keep this G-rated. And, you know, the crowd laughs. He's such a charmer. Aside from her way with scalpels and lasers, Dr. Rose is sweet. She cares so much about her patients. I've seen her study cases and do research late in the night. I can't get her to go to bed until she figures it out, as persuasive as I can be. She has a sense of humor and kindness and loyalty that makes her a doctor her patients can trust. That makes her a person anyone can trust. Anyway, y'all did the right thing choosing her as doctor of the year. Congratulations, fairy tale. You worked hard and you earned this. I love you. 
And, you know, when she goes up there, she thanks him and says, I love you. And he gives her a kiss and says, I love you. And I'm sorry. So after he had a talk with Trey and his grandfather, Angel has been trying to get in contact with Tamar, but she's been ducking and dodging him. So he asks Trey out to meet him for dinner for one night and asks him, you know, why do you feel like you deserve a family? And Trey tells him, I can't answer that because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Why the hell don't I deserve a family? The question you need to be asking is why the fuck are you sitting here trying to use our area of expertise as an excuse not to give my baby sister everything she deserves? Like, okay, yeah, we're assassins. So what? We still deserve a family. And he tells him, you know, you just asked me, did I worry about someone taking their problems out on me with my family? And obviously you're worried about it. Yeah, you're willing to leave Tamar and your daughter alone. You want them moving around the city without your protection? That's how you coming? You leaving your shorties to fend for themselves while you try to murk fuckers. Murk fuckers and save other folks. Somehow I never took you for a fuckboy. Ain't shit about me remotely close to a fuckboy. I'm always... Wait... Oh, I'm going to always have an eye on them. Okay, I got to get this together. <laughs> so watching them from afar is going to be enough. And he tells him, you know, when I look at Shay and my babies, I'm reminded that of all the shit I've done and been through, somehow I managed to get that right. They bring me peace. Now, I don't know what Tamar does for you because ain't nobody ever described that girl as peaceful. And Angel defends her like she can be like, I'm talking about my baby. And... Tamar is still trying to work. She shows up to the trap and got her brothers looking at her crazy like, what are you even doing here? She's like, this baby can't stop my work. And they're like, you ain't got, you know, you ain't got to stop your work, but you can um, focus on the connect meetings. You're not about to be out here in the traps, you know, with a big old belly. And Trey asks her, she talked to Angel and she says, no. And he says, well, here's your chance. And she says, so that's what we doing now? We snitching? And Angel walks up and just says, let's go. I mean, you talking about I'm a grown woman and shit, yet you, you texting this nigga like he my daddy? A grown woman wouldn't be out here six months pregnant putting my seed in danger just to prove a point. A grown woman will put her baby first. And I'd be like, stop the motherfucking clock. I know the nigga that don't run out every chance he get is telling me anything about what a grown woman would be doing. Especially when it pertains to this baby. You don't know the first thing about this baby. So I know you ain't talking to me. But anyway, he tells her he wants to try this family business. He wants to try to be a father. He know he's late because she's like, what, 24 weeks? Like, nigga, it's almost over. Of course you want to come in at the last minute. And, you know, he's just saying, I don't want to co-parent. I want to be your man too. I want to hold you and wake up to you. And, you know, I want to do business with you. You make me be silly and I need that break sometimes. You stand up to me and I love it. If I do okay at this daddy thing, I want to have more babies with you. The sight of you carrying my seed, that seems right. And she's eating all this up because she loves him anyway. And just ask him to promise to keep it real and don't shut her out. And she says, I love you. And he says, I love you too. You are my everything. 
So Sin had her baby, which they named that baby Trista Sincere Kinsey. And, oh, I forgot the twins. Uh, the baby boy's name. Wow, how could I forget that? The baby boy's name was Royal. And the baby girl's name was Majestic. And, yes, Trey did pick out those names with his crazy ass. And... Tamar is at... My bad. Tamar is at Big Mama's house. And, you know, they're about to have dinner. And Issa says that angel has been so focused on building a family so but she's cut off by the ringing of her phone and she tells the detail outside to allow someone in and she just gets up and walk out and big mama says i don't like that and tamar like she has a funny feeling so she says i don't either so Issa reappears smiling with a middle-aged woman that upsets big mama she immediately says get out we are here to talk with Angel and to collect our daughter. And Tamar puts two and two together. And she is me immediately upset, realizing that Issa has brought the people who has tortured her boyfriend. And she's ready to blow Issa's head off. She already don't like her. So it's just like, you really going to bring them here? Are you serious? And she texts, she texts Angel, but he doesn't respond. So then she texts Trey, like, you know... I'm at this location, and if you don't hear from me in 30 minutes, something is wrong. And so, Issa says, listen, I know there's a bad past. I knew they threw Angel out when he was young. And it's like, of course, that's the only part of the story they're going to tell you. But, girl, they abused and neglected him. They tried to kill him. And you better get rid of them before your brother gets here. And so, the woman... And, a, and uh, excuse me, and then a dark haired, brown skinned man who Issa resembled comes into the living room and says, Who are you? And it's uh, what did I call him? Josu Hosu. And he's like, Who are you? And then Camila asks, Is that Angel's baby pointing at Tamar's stomach? And Hosu says, This is more perfect than I could have imagined. So when Tamar goes to reach for his gun, I mean her gun, he beats her to it and he has a gun and he makes them both grab a chair and bring it over to him where they zip tie Tamar and Big Mama's hands. So when Angel walks in and he sees what's going on, you know, his face turns into something none of them have seen before. And before he got there though he called one of the details and uh he says no you know i'm out securing the perimeter but he called you and was trying to tell you that your parents were there and you know then we're back to when he walked in the house because he zooms to get back to the house and tamar asks hozu you know why do you hate him so much he was a child when you met him what the fuck is wrong with you and Angel tries to get her to be quiet because she knows it's it takes nothing for him to pull that trigger. So it's just like, girl, shut up. And, you know, Tamar said, man, fuck him. And so he did take a shot at her, but Angel jumped in front. And then he asked him, you know, what do you want? And Hozu says, I want you to choose. And he says, choose what? 
But before he can answer, there's banging on the door. And of course, that's the Kenzie clan. But Hozu tells them, unless you want them dead, move away from the door. And he says, you want to know why I hate him? Because I hated his fucking father. He stole from me, took something that should have never been anyone else's, which was Camilla. Which is like, nigga, you are gross. You were probably a grown ass man fucking this, raping, excuse me, raping this 15 or 16 year old girl. And the fact that she went off and got married because you were already married, you feel like your property was taken from you. And so as soon as you get her back, you've been beating on her all this time. And Camilo, no, you can't blame the victim. You cannot blame the victim. So I'm not going to do it. Um, And he says, you know, I got so sick about hearing about St. Diago, because that was his dad's name, Diago. Perfect husband, perfect father, perfect provider. She went on and on until I had to make her shut up. I did not want to hear about Diego no more. And I did not want to live with a memory of him. And so then once again, he's gesturing at Tamar and Big Mama saying, choose. Tamar begs, don't make him do this because she had no choice. I mean, she had no doubt what a choice like that would do to him. So Angel offers himself instead. And then even Big Mama says, I've lived a a good life. Leave these young folks alone. You've done enough to my family. Shoot me and leave me alone. And so Angel is just like, Big Mama, you can stop talking crazy, though. And the gun goes off and Angel says he missed. But Big Mama says he never shot. So she like nods her head towards Issa and Issa is standing there clutching a gun in her hand. And it was actually Tamar's gun. And she shot her father. So later when Issa has been heavily sedated, because, you know, having to deal with one traumatic experience after another, she just needs to be sedated and put down. And Angel and Tamar are in another room. And once again, he's doing this. I don't know if I can do this. And she's like, hell no, you don't get to give up. The last five weeks have been so good. The rest of our lives is going to be the same. Okay, we're going to run into little bumps in the road. You can't continue to keep running out on me like this. And he's like, you know, he's so self-deprecating. And he's just like, you know, I can't do this. I don't, uh, don't want to bring this drama so close to home. And she's just not going for it. And he says, you don't understand. And you know what? I'm not going to understand. You talk about having no fear, but you are a coward and you don't keep your word. I love you, but I'd rather my daughter not have you as a model if you can't live up to who you're supposed to be. And I'd rather neither of you have me if my shit or my jobs put you in the position you were in tonight. I have to go. Thank God the real you came before she was born. Get the fuck out. And I'm like, that's the <laughs> that is their whole relationship. Him running, her getting upset, them making up. It's a repeat, it's a repeat, it's a repeat. But we are at the epilogue of the book and it's a year later. And it is another Kinsey wedding. But which one is it this time? Um, But before the wedding can start, Tamara is not on time. Like she hasn't been at the last few weddings. And, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. 
it's actually her own wedding. You know, I thought it was going to be either Chantel's or even Tyrese's wedding. I honestly didn't think they were ever going to get married, but it's actually her wedding. And, you know, that night where she had turned her back on him and thought he was leaving, he actually came back because the one thing he hates is for her to turn her back on him. So they made up and now they're getting married. And guess who's pregnant? That's right. Our very own Dr. Rose. She was going to go have the surgery so she could hopefully have children. But going to, what is it, the pre-appointment or whatever it's called, um, she found out she was already pregnant. So everybody is having their happily ever after. And her veil on her dress is actually part of the... the tiara was woven into the veil. I'm sorry. And he's like, when he sees it, he was like, I thought you threw it away. And she was like, you know, I'm not stupid. <laughs> and they say, I love you. And she says, I love you to death. And he says, no, you loved me for life and I love you. And that is the end of the Kinsey family. And they all get their happily ever after. Thank you for rocking with me. I hope you enjoyed day 17 of read a book, record a podcast. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.